Tactic. To get up and get going, South Coast, it's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Welcome back in third and final hour of the program here on Thursday morning. And we've got a lot we're going to cover in just a little bit. We'll be joined by the president of the New Bedford Educators Association, Tom Nickerson, to talk about the changes in the dismissal time at New Bedford High School. Uh, We will also hear from Dara Collins later on in the hour to talk about a documentary for Irish TV being done on a former, well, the topic, it's an overall topic that includes something to do with a former WBSM personality who some of you may remember and may have been part of this stunt that took place. So I'm just going to leave that out there for now and uh, we'll talk more about that coming up with Dara later on. Uh, But the other thing that I want to bring up is if you are looking to have a quiet weekend, if you're looking to have a relaxing weekend, if you're looking to maybe chill out and watch a movie or two, this weekend you've got two movies you can watch at home that will have a lot of local interest for you. The first is, and I'm sorry if I haven't mentioned this already, The Holdovers is now available to rent um, on video on demand at home. So you can watch it rather than having to go out to the theaters. It is still in the theaters. So I think AMC is still running it at the Dartmouth Mall. Uh, And I saw it. I liked it. Michael Rock saw it. He did not like it. He he thought it wasn't really that good. I enjoyed it. It felt a little longer to me than it needed to be, but I thought that it had funny moments. I thought that it had a lot of heart, some great performances. It wasn't what I expected it was going to be going into it, but I was pleased with what it was. Um, Michael said the same thing, that it wasn't what he thought it was going to be and that he thought it was going to be more of a straight-up comedy. But it uh, it will certainly be one of those things where you can be like, oh, that's the Warm Soda Club. Oh, that's Fairhaven High. But without it being too much of a distraction. And so I enjoyed that film a lot. It's worth it's worth a rental. Or maybe you want to wait until it shows up in one of the services you're already paying for. But uh, that's worth checking out. And then tomorrow night, or tomorrow, I don't know exactly what time Paramount Plus releases things. Uh, generally, most most of the streaming services release things in our area at around 3 a.m. because they're going off midnight West Coast time. So usually like around 3 a.m. we'll get new episodes of things that pop up and and, and new new movies and releases like that. So I'm not sure exactly when it'll be available, but at some point tomorrow on Paramount Plus on December 15th, you can finally see Finest Kind, the movie that was filmed here locally a while back uh, with Tommy Lee Jones and Ben Foster and... Uh, the, and Jenna Ortega. And this movie is going to have a lot of local scenes in it. This movie is going to have a lot of local things for you to check out. Uh, Mayor Mitchell was on yesterday with Chris. He offered up his review from seeing it. And uh, he he said that it was a very good film. You know, of course, written by Brian Hugelin, the UMass Dartmouth graduate who went on to win an Academy Award 
But it is, it's something that I'm definitely going to watch because I've, I've heard it's a good movie in addition to all of the local scenery. And I'm not always that great with the local scenery aspect of things. Like, I'll probably have to watch it twice. Once to watch the actual plot of the film and then once to go back and kind of dissect it and look and see what I recognize. Sometimes things hit you right in the face. And you're like, oh yeah, I know what that is. But when I watched, what was that movie? Uh, Jungle Land? Was that the name of the one with Charlie Hunnam? Charlie Hunnam, is that his name? Yeah. So... I, I didn't see a lot of local... I mean, I recognized a few things, but then when I went back and watched it again, I was like, oh, yeah, that's where that is. And the same thing happened with The Way Way Back, which was filmed in, in Wareham and Onset. There were parts of it that I was like, wait, where's that? And then I realized some of it wasn't filmed here. Obviously, the the things like the scenes at Waterwiz I recognized, the scenes in Mark Anthony's I recognized, but some of it I was like, I don't know where that bridge is. Oh, that bridge isn't here. That's just something they filmed and added in. Okay. But you'll be able to see that uh, Finest Kind starting tomorrow on the Paramount Plus streaming app. And as, uh, as Mayor Mitchell pointed out in his Facebook post this morning, if you don't already subscribe to Paramount Plus, you can get a free week trial. So you can sign up for that free trial, watch the movie, and then you can cancel it if you want. But there are some great shows on Paramount Plus, especially if you are a fan of Taylor Sheridan, the man behind Yellowstone. There's the two Yellowstone prequels. Those are both on there. There's also um, Lawmen Bass Reeves just started. There's uh, there's uh, Tulsa King starring Sylvester Stallone, also a Taylor Sheridan movie uh, film uh, series. And I wa- I like Mayor of Kingstown, which is also a Taylor Sheridan creation, but Mayor of Kingstown is really good. So you can check out those while you have it for that week and see if it's something that you want to keep. All right, let's uh, go to the phones, 508-996-0500. Good morning. How are you doing? You're next. Hey, good morning. What's on your mind? Hello. Hello, you're on the air. Uh, All right, there we go. Go ahead. Hello. Oh, you hit the right button. Thank you. Yeah, I got a lot on my mind today after that vote uh, for inquiry. You know, 56 representatives from the state of California in the House of Representatives, not one of them voted for the inquiry. So if you're from California and your name's Gavin Newsom, you got no support for the presidency. This would have been the first step to give Gavin Newsom some legitimacy that uh, we might need him as a Democrat. And he got thumbs down 56 people, which suggests to me that there was a media hopes that Gavin Newsom was uh, a viable candidate. Anyway, knowing his troubles, and he beat a, uh, like I did the guy in Fall River, the mayor, uh, a recall. Gavin beat a recall. So when it came right down to it, uh, today, the news on top of all of this is that we got the best stock market we ever had, 37000 across the 37000 So where's the recession coming from? The borders are open. We closed Keystone years ago. We're oil dependent. And we got the best stock market ever, the New York Stock Exchange, 37000 So obviously, there's a big hope being run. Let's get with you. Stock market, and the vast majority get poorer. 
your zip code, my zip code. So the long and the short of it is when you're looking at it up and down and subtracting, it's a uniparty. But for show, it's Democrats versus Republicans. And the vote would reflect that yesterday. 221 to 212. It should have been 222, but Judge Santos got kicked out of the House of Representatives two weeks ago. So uh, anyway, you add it all up. It's still a house divided publicly, mm-hmm. but in reality, they're well galvanized and they're moving forward as a one single unit mentality. But I can tell you this: the truth is, can't hide. Stock market's never been better, and things down here ain't so good. So. Well, there we go again. Middle class. We'll see where it goes. I mean, every, every time you have a best stock market day ever, you, you always have the potential worst day ever right around the corner, too. Yeah, well, I'm, we're celebrating the, the victory today. The worst day around the corner would be something like uh, 2008. Right now, if you think that way, close the 401k, get it the hell out of it, pay the penalties, put the money in your mattress or a bank or whatever. And um, let it let it happen. I agree with you. Yeah, down the road, not too long from now, you're going to lose shares after spending your savings in your phone one day and your watch out. Uh, yeah, go ahead. But, uh, you know, remember, the rich got richer yesterday. And the poorer think they got richer with them. Pull your money out of the 401k. After what you just said, if you think that way, protect yourself. Because, yeah, it's coming. The other seed's going to drop. The prediction is that we're going to lower house, house buying rates three times next year. Three times next year isn't three times this year. Next year, down the road, better days. So mm-hmm. that's all right. That's all right. Oh, no, next year. We're going to next year. Keep thinking all right. I, I, I got to hold you there because I'm having a harder and harder time understanding you on your phone. Okay. Thank you so much. Oh, that was better. All right. You have a good day. Uh, I do have to take a break here because we have a guest joining us in just a few moments, but uh, we will uh, take a break here. When we return, we'll be joined by Tom Nickerson. He is the president of the New Bedford Educators Association. We'll talk with him for a few moments before the news. And uh, then on the other side of the news, we'll talk with Dara Collins about this Irish TV documentary that you can help out with. We'll be right back. Up in the morning and out to school The teacher is teaching the golden rule Welcome back in. We are joined right now by Tom Nickerson. He is the president of the New Bedford Educators Association. And we're going to talk about the change in the dismissal time to the New Bedford High School schedule that will be happening starting January 2nd when students return from the winter break. Uh, Good morning, Tom. How are you? Good morning, Tim. How are you today? Uh, Doing all right. Good to talk with you. Thank you for making some time for us this morning. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I don't do a lot of interviews, but when you came calling, I figured I would make time for you of anyone. You're, the, you're at the top of the list. Much appreciated. Tom and I have known each other yeah. for a long time, going back to your appearance on Spooky South Coast years and years and years ago. Yeah, in the fledgling days of Spooky South Coast. <laughs> we uh, we certainly had a lot of fun talking about, by the way, how's the book doing? Are you still, still selling that book? Is it still uh, bringing in some sales? Yeah, it's uh, it's still bringing in sales. I haven't been promoting it for uh, geez, quite a few years now. Um, I actually wrote a, um, a it was supposed to be a second uh, volume, but I think uh, if and when I get around to it, it'll probably be a, a consolidated version because some of the uh, stories and timelines sort of overlap. But uh, perhaps a. Uh, uh, an interview for a different day. Absolutely. We, we will definitely do that sometime. So this, 
uh, information came out the other day. The uh, the school department put out this press release that the time would change for dismissal for students. And it, and it just said that this had been something that had been negotiated between the union and the administration. Uh, I had a source that works at the school that told me that teachers weren't getting their contractually provided prep time and that that was a, a big reason for this. Can you give us kind of an overview as to why this all came about? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, to situate this, in 2014, New Bedford High School was designated underperforming by the Department of Elementary and Secondary Ed. Um, as a result, the MBEA at the time bargained uh, the impact of that designation with the district. So in other words, DESE imposed something on the district, and then the MBEA had the right to and did exercise the right to bargain the impact of that. Uh, so there were changes that were made to the working conditions uh, for any um, unit A employee and unit B employee at New Bedford High School. Those changes were memorialized in a, what's called a memorandum of agreement. One of those changes was the longer school day for students and a proportionally longer work day for educators. Um, also important to understand is that the contract language for the secondary school schedules in um, both the unit A contract and the memorandum of agreement for the high school include time at the end of the workday um, after student dismissal for educators to complete their professional responsibilities. So that time is commonly used to meet with students, conduct parent outreach, meet with other educators for planning purposes, or to adjust lessons and prepare materials for the next day. So to clarify, when the student day ends, educators continue their work day. The work that they do in that time is in support of students and student needs. So the NBEA was in, in agreement uh, with this scheduled change that was proposed by the district uh, because it is in keeping with educational research that indicates that a, a longer academic day does not yield increases in academic performance necessarily, uh, setting oftentimes student fatigue resulting in diminishing returns. So the... Um, increase in uh, the quantity of time can tend to lead to a decrease in the quality of the learning experience. Um, and as educators, you know, we all want what's best for our students. As an educators association, we want the best working conditions for our members to help meet the needs of our students. So to be clear, the change of the, for, uh, to the work day for educators at New Bedford High, uh, there hasn't been one. Um, it, the changes are only to the student day. And that change in the student day was in an effort to improve the quality of the academic experiences for students through a schedule that is reflective of like best practices. This change also provides additional time for educators to support their students with the same goal in mind, to improve the quality of the academic experience for all students. So just to be clear again, um, the change in the academic day uh, results in a day that is shorter than it was uh, or will be shorter than it is currently. Um, but it's still slightly longer than uh, it is in the other high schools in the district, in, which are reflective of the unit A contract. Um, so the in the unit A contract, the, uh, day, the academic day for students is six hours and 39 minutes. Currently at the high school, it's seven hours and 12 minutes. So it'll be back down to six hours and 44 minutes, still longer than uh, at like Trinity Day or Whaling City. Um, and uh, but the workday will be the same for teachers. That additional time at the end of the day, and I think speaking to your initial question about like um, preparation time and things of that nature, uh, this will allow teachers to in part use that time to help prepare for their next day. Um, and I think um, what, uh, the nature of the uh, of the comment that, that uh, had been shared with you about preparation time has a lot to do with. Um, 
stu- uh, rather t- teacher absences. And honestly, a lot of it has to do with uh, the uh, issues with trying to get substitute teachers. Um, it, the, there are some real uh, uh, gaps in, um, uh, or perhaps gap is not the right term here, but there are some real difficulties in staffing. Um, and the result of that can be and has been that teachers are losing their prep periods in some cases uh, more than we'd like to uh, than we'd like to see because they have to cover absences of others uh, who are out for reasons you know like getting sick. Mm-hmm. Well, let me let me ask you because you said that this change to the day that is there now was made when the school was designated when when there was the under underperforming designation. So, has had the school day always been a two forty dismissal, or was that something that came about as a result of of that underperforming status? Uh, that was a result of the underperforming status. So, yeah, so- it was uh, two oh nine. Uh, and still is in the contract. So actually, when you were there, um, that your academic day is actually still in place all these years later, um, because in theory, uh, or perhaps in practice, it was sort of an optimal amount of time for learning. So, uh, but trends in education, well, they are just that. They are trends. So like block scheduling was very popular at one point. It fell out of vogue, but now block scheduling is something that, uh, that uh, is coming back in popularity. Uh, longer versus shorter days, uh, you know, at one point, longer days were seen as somehow advantageous, but you know, as is often the case, uh, we when we start looking at this in other lenses, we see that, well, we may perceive an advantage in one. Uh, on the one hand, uh, there are going to be detriments, and sometimes we have to ask ourselves: Do the benefits outweigh, outweigh the detriments? Uh, and in this case, I think uh, the answer here is that the longer day is not showing um, the results that they, you know, hypothesized it would ten years ago. Well, not only that, but if if there was a longer day as a result of that un- underperforming status, wouldn't that have only been a temporary thing anyway until that status was re- was revoked? Shouldn't shouldn't this have been changed a while ago then? Because New Bedford High is no longer considered underperforming. Uh, it, unfortunately, that designation remains. Uh, okay. There was a change in the label back then. It was called Level Four. That was sort of the primary designation. Uh, now the the labeling has changed, and uh, in in lay terms, they they uh, refer to it as uh, simply underperforming. Um, but it is still a, uh, what we would sort of, uh, within the walls of our understanding call a level four school, uh, nothing has materially changed. So the MOA that we had from 2014 is still in place. Okay. But there's the, no, uh, no problems with the state with changing this time back. Uh, no, this should not be, but that's honestly, that's more of, uh, uh, a, a question for the district. Sure. Uh, the district came to us on, with the understanding that like they, uh, wanted to show some changes to the state to show that they were making some efforts to improve the academics at the high school. This was something that they, uh, through their own research, uh, deemed a reasonable and prudent, um, change to make. Uh, they approached us with uh, at least the, the bones of this and said, what do you think of this idea? And we went to our members. The members said, well, we think that what they're initially showing us is something we could at least agree to engage in bargaining over. And in the end, the members uh, agreed with the final um, results of that bargaining process, which was a uh, slightly shorter day for our students. Uh, again, the workday will be the same for educators. All right. Well, we've only got a couple seconds here before we have to go to the news. But again, you know, from what I understand, this is just a couple, uh, you know, three three minutes or so shaved from each period that shouldn't really have any impact on the actual learning time of students. No, no. And and again, you know, I know you're a New Bedford High grad. And so the schedule that is resulting and will happen uh, effective in January 2nd will actually look very much like the schedule that you yourself had uh, when you were at uh, New Bedford High School. So uh, and I think it turned out pretty well. 
Yeah, it should all it should all work out for everybody, and uh, I'm glad that we could clear it up a little bit. I appreciate the time. And, Tom, feel free. That, I know you said you don't do a lot of interviews, but feel free that any time that you uh, want to get the word out about anything, you're welcome to come on this program anytime. All right. Thanks so much, Sam. I really appreciate it, and thanks for the opportunity today. Thank, thank you for the time. You have a good day. Thanks. You too. Take care. And that is Tom Nickerson. He is the president of the New Bedford Educators Association. I do have to take a break for the news. When we come back on the other side, we're going to be talking with Dara Collins about something you can help out with uh, right after we hear all the headlines of the day from Ariel. President Biden is calling a decision by House Republicans to launch an impeachment inquiry a political stunt. Biden said Wednesday that House Republicans are attacking him with lies instead of focusing on issues that impact the American people and are choosing to waste time on a baseless political stunt that even Republicans admit is not supported by facts. Israel is keeping up its attacks on Hamas today despite worsening conditions in the Gaza Strip. UN officials say roughly 90% of the Gaza population has been displaced by the relentless bombing and about a million people are facing starvation. The Palestinian Health Ministry said vaccinations for children are dwindling in Gaza. Iran Iran is warning against the creation of a proposed U.S.-led international task force to protect shipping in the Red Sea. Iranian media reported today that the nation's defense minister said any such force would face extraordinary problems in a region where Iran has predominance. President Biden will be in Maryland today to promote his efforts to lower drug costs. Biden will deliver remarks at the National Institutes of Health and is expected to announce that dozens of pharmaceutical companies will be required to pay rebates to Medicare because they raised drug prices faster than the rate of inflation. Ohio lawmakers are approving a measure to limit gender-affirming care for minors and ban transgender girls from competing in female athletics. If signed into law, the legislation would bar health care providers in Ohio from administering some treatments, such as hormone, hormone replacement therapy, to patients under the age of 18. Holiday travelers on the East Coast are being told to get ready for stormy weather. Forecasters are warning that two storm systems will slam into each other early next week, creating a larger system that forecasters say will move up the coast and dump heavy rain from Georgia to New England from Sunday night until Tuesday. In sports, according to ESPN, the Celtics are signing G League forward Drew Peterson to a two-way contract. The 24-year-old undrafted earlier this year and has been playing as an affiliate player for the Sioux Falls Sky Force. Tonight, the Celtics will face the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Patriots head coach declined to answer questions about his job status during Wednesday's press conference. According to NBC Sports Boston, the Pats and Belichick are set to split after the 2023 season. Belichick has spent 24 years with the Patriots, the fifth longest tenure by a head coach with one team. New England will host the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday afternoon. And the Bruins came up short in overtime after falling 2-1 to to the Devils. Morgan Gecki opened the scoring with his third goal of the season to put the team up by one. James Van Rymsdijk and Danton Heinen were each credited with an assist, and Jeremy Swayman stopped 34 of the 36 shots he faced. Boston will visit the New York Islanders tomorrow night. Now let's take a look at your local forecast with ABC6. 
bundle up if you're planning to head out first thing this morning throughout the day it will remain cold but this morning it feels like in the mid upper teens under plenty of sunshine for this afternoon temperatures will be below average in the upper 30s 44 is the normal high it will be mostly sunny with gusty winds clear overnight tonight temperatures on the cold side still upper 20s and then 50 and mostly sunny for tomorrow be sure to watch abc6 for my full seven-day forecast from the abc6 weather center i'm meteorologist Ceci del Carmen on New Bedford's News Talk Station 1420 WBSM. And I'm Ariel Dorsey for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station WBSM and get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. Welcome back in. We have a special guest joining us now. Uh, Dara Collins is joining us to talk about a project, a film project for Irish TV that you can help with. And let's uh, let's go to the phone now. Good morning, Dara. You are on with us. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Uh, doing all right. And now, and where are you joining us from this morning? I know you're you're international. Yeah, yeah. So I'm joining you this morning from uh, Lisbon in Portugal. Ah, it's sunny here. Well, we've got a lot of folks here with a direct connection out there, but a lot of folks that can help you with this project that you are working on, which uh, I found to be really interesting. As somebody who loves WBSM's history but not able to find a lot about it myself, you're working on something that actually connects into some WBSM history. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, I have been working on this project for about three or four years now, and one of our um, one of our main characters is a very close connection to WBSM and actually broke a world record while um, right on the site of your radio station. So uh, I played that song, Buried Alive by Avenged Sevenfold, coming in, and that's that's kind of the, the, the whole topic of your documentary here, is people who have been buried alive and, and on purpose. Yeah, so we're covering the story of people who buried themselves alive in an effort to win the world record for the longest time spent buried alive. And it sounds sort of crazy, I think it is in many ways, but... Um, it was really sort of a hot record to break in the late 60s, early 70s, all the way through until the 90s. Um, so our documentary covers the story. We start off uh, in Ireland, actually, with two, two men um, from Cork uh, who were called Tim and Mick, and they had a feud over who could claim the world record for the longest time spent buried alive. Um, Tim had done 10 days in a coffin, six feet underground, uh, while Mick had actually done 61 days. There wasn't much of a debate between the two of them, but um, Mick actually never claimed the record himself either. It, sort of the, the record went international. It was won by a, a Dutch former nun who had broken the record by spending 101 days buried alive in a fun, fun fair in the north of England. Um, and it was just after her record that our, our American competitor comes in. So this, his name was Country Bill White. He claimed to have been an alligator wrestler from Tallahassee, Florida. Um, and he claims to have been buried more than 50 times. When he uh, did it in 1978, he decided to get buried under your own radio station. And it was there that he spent 134 days in his coffin, uh, which put him in the record books. But just that's insane, first of all, <laughs> to want to do that. But how does that work? How do you bury yourself alive? Like what happens about eating, drinking, going to the bathroom? How does that all work when you're buried, al buried alive? Yeah, good question. I mean, so uh, 
To start off with, you uh, you climb down into your coffin, which is a box or a real coffin, depending on who you are. Um, and then there's two holes cut out of the lid. So, and on these holes, there's connected sort of a drainage pipe that's about you know six or seven inches uh, across. And those pipes lead up to the surface where sort of like uh, air circulates through, and then that's where all your food comes in. Um, in terms of waste and going to the toilet, that was something that Bill White himself never spoke about. He said he'd take that secret to the grave. Um, but yeah, I think you can, you know, you can work that one out yourself, I think. So when we're talking about 140 days, let's put that into perspective. We're talking about six months. This is a guy who was buried in January of 1978. That's when I was born. He was buried in January of 78, and he didn't emerge until mid-June of that year. He, he was buried alive during the entire blizzard of 1978. Yes, exactly, exactly, yeah. It's an incredible amount of time. I mean, he actually complained mostly about being too hot down there. I guess if you think about sort of a very small, confined space uh, with very little ventilation, that's going to be your problem rather than the cold. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he, given how many times he was buried, he would have missed many, many uh, major events in, his, in American history. So again, this is the record-setting time, but he, as you said, he's done this on numerous occasions. Yeah, yeah, so he... He actually did it in 1968 as well. Um, that's the first time I, I came across him because he was buried um, in Fort Worth in Texas at the exact same time as one of my Irish characters was buried in, in London. And they did sort of a transatlantic live, buried alive competition. That time, Bill didn't win. He came out after 45 days and Mick, the Irish man, lasted 61 days. So he claimed the record at that stage. But Bill came back from, the, uh, from behind and won the record in 1978. And he held that record for quite a while. It becomes a bit unclear because at one, a certain point, the Guinness Book of Records stopped recording the uh, records. They said it was too dangerous. So uh, we're not completely clear who holds the record yet. Uh, I interviewed a man called Jeff Smith, whose own mother had done it before him. But he did it in 1999 and he did 147 days. So he definitely broke Bill's record anyway. If there's another competitor out there who's beaten Jeff's record, I'd love to know. And you're also looking to speak with anybody that remembers country Bill White's uh, burial here and anybody that might have any recollections, any photos, anything like that. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So it's sort of, um, we're a little bit sparse on the ground with um, actual footage of Bill and, and I sort of reached out to a couple of people to see if anyone remembers him, if anyone has any stories of, of, of that time, or even better, if anyone has any uh, video footage or uh, audio or even photos, that would be great. I'd love to hear about them. Um, yeah, I, I can, I, any, any sort of information is really, really helpful. And how can people reach out to you if they have something to share? Yeah, so um, they can contact me via my website. So it's www.dara, so that's D-A-I-R-E-C-O-L-L-I-N-S.com. Um, and you'll find a link to sort of send me an email there. And yeah, that's the, that's the easiest way, I think. Yeah, and we'll, we'll put up a little story at WBSM.com too with all the information and all the links in there for people to be able to reach out to you. Uh, so what... When can people kind of expect to see this project come to fruition? I know it's being done for Irish TV, but will it be something that you might be uh, releasing internationally so that people here can see it? Yeah, yeah. So that's something we're working on. So we're working sort of to, uh, to release it late next year. Um, and we're actually still looking for a sort of U.S. distribution. Um, but it's something we're working on at the moment because we really think, you know, the story genuinely has people from all over the world. Um, and we'd love as many people as possible to see it. Uh, so I'm sure we'll get a way, we'll sure we'll find a way of getting it out to you. Um, and we'll certainly be sure to update you when we know. 
And I can tell you that the site of that radio station from where it happened uh, is now a restaurant. We've, we've actually moved a couple times since then, uh, and we're, we're a few miles away from that spot now, but there's now a restaurant over there. So uh, if you get a chance to, to come over this way for anything that you'll be doing with that, we'll have to stop in there and, and have some food in the former WBSM building. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be amazing. Yeah, really looking forward to that. Well, I thank you for joining us, and hopefully we can help you out. We can get you some uh, some folks that can actually share some recollections. I know I was seeing on Facebook there was already some people that had memories of it, and we'll see if we can find anything from the folks here that might have been around at that time. Thanks. Really appreciate it, Tim. All right. Really helpful. Thank you for joining us, Sarah, and keep us up to date with everything. Will do. All right. Take care. That is uh, Dara Collins, and if you want to reach out again, it's D-A-I-R-E. C-O-L-L-I-N-S is his website, uh, and that is uh, Dara, is how it's pronounced, Dara Collins, and dot .com. So if you want to send something over, you can. I'll have that linked up at WBSM.com so that you can send things over. Maybe you took some photos that day. Maybe you still have them. Maybe you were there uh, when they buried them, or maybe you were there when they pulled them up. Maybe you were hanging out on top. <laughs> when he was underneath. Any of those stories will certainly help Darrow with what he's doing, and uh, we will certainly try and do the best we can to provide some more information. I'm fascinated by this whole thing. Buried alive for 140 days? Oh, my gosh, I couldn't imagine that. I couldn't imagine doing that for... I mean, I'm not claustrophobic at all, but I don't know that I could do that for even an hour. But six months? Over six months underground? Missing the blizzard of 78. Missing the first six months of the year. That's just insane. But it takes a special kind of person to do that, I guess. And it sounds like Country Bill White was that kind of person. All right, I got to take a break. We'll be back in a few moments. Welcome back in 508-996-0500. So we've, uh, we've covered a lot of ground this hour with, uh, <laughs> no pun intended, actually, thinking back to Country Bill White burying himself underground. Uh, but uh, between talking about the high school schedule change and uh, Country Bill White burying himself under WBSM, uh, we've covered quite a bit. But there's still more discussion to be had coming up during South Coast Now. Chris McCarthy will have Dave Forbes of T Omega Wind. They'll talk about that research project that was going on in Clark's Cove uh, that is now concluded. They will talk more about what it was that... T Omega Wind was studying and what their design for a floating wind turbine is all about. And uh, they'll also talk about the process of getting it out there in Clark's Cove, all those things. And they'll be taking your calls and questions too at 508 996 0500. 
So tomorrow on the program, we'll be joined by New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad. And uh, also joining us tomorrow will be Councilor at Large Brian Gomes. So the, they'll be joining us tomorrow. And uh, and then we'll have a discussion with the council president again next Friday. And then that's going to wrap up that segment with her because that'll wrap up her term as council president. And then we will look to see if whoever takes over the council presidency uh, going forward wants to continue on with that segment. Uh, as we know, uh, it has been made public that Naomi Carney is looking for the council presidency. And if she should become the council president, that'll be a conversation that uh, Councilor Carney and I will have to have because of her work schedule. I know that uh, she works early in the mornings. She has to be at work early in the mornings now. So that might not be conducive to her coming on. You know, and, and I know what you're saying. Well, Tim, couldn't you pre-record something with her that you can air during the show? Uh, yes, we certainly could. However, you know, part of the benefit of having that segment on Friday mornings is that we get the um, reaction and the information about what usually happens in council meetings the night before. So maybe, maybe we can continue it if she's the council president at an earlier time, but that'll be a discussion that we will have. Uh, certainly, we want to make sure that we keep bringing that to you because it's beneficial for you to not only learn about what goes on in those meetings, but also to get the council's thinking on why that's the case. However, you don't really need those recaps anymore in the morning because you can watch those meetings live streaming now. And there'll be a meeting tonight live streaming. So you can check that out at the uh, City of New Bedford website. And if you go and you, if you search City Council live stream on WBSM's website or just type in WBSM City Council live stream, we've got a story there with the links right there for you that link you up to the where you'll see the live stream and where you can see the archives afterwards. And you can also get the agenda right there, too, so that you can follow along with everything happening in the meeting. I've got to take a break. One final break here in the hour. Before I do that, though, I want to tell you that now is the time to get your orders in for Christmas, for New Year's at the butcher shop. If you want to celebrate and also save yourself some, some aggravation, they'll cook it for you. They will. And then you can just pick it up and warm it up when it's time to serve it. They'll also season it and marinate it and everything else that needs to be done if you'd rather just have them do that. Or you can just go down there and get the meat as is. They have generous cuts, great deals, and it will impress your family. It's better than you're going to find at the supermarket. And you're going to be able to put something beautiful on your plate as well on your table, as well as something delicious. Plus, you can get all of your beer and wine needs, wines that start at $5 and go all the way up to $500. It all depends on how much you want to impress the company, right? Or how much you want to treat yourself for the holidays. And you can also get everything else you're going to need for your holiday table. You can also get yourself some delicious pre-made foods. They cook fresh every day if you want to save yourself a little time, a little bit of effort. While you know you're going to do all that heavy cooking coming up, have the butcher shop make your meal for you. It's that easy. It's that special. It's that delicious. It's that kind of neighborhood feeling at the butcher shop, 123 Dartmouth Street in New Bedford. And we'll hear from Eric tomorrow about all the great weekend deals that they'll have. Right now, though, I've got to take that final break. We'll be right back. All right. That's going to do it for me for today. Stay tuned. Chris is going to have Dave Forbes in from T Omega Wind, and they're going to take your calls, and they're going to talk more about that wind research project. Also, if you missed any part of our interview with uh, both Tom Nickerson, the president of the New Bedford Educators Association, I'll have that up for you 
coming up on podcasts, and we'll have a story about it. And also, uh, I will have the interview and a story with uh, Dara Collins, who is looking for that information about Country Bill White being buried under WBSM for six months back in 1978. Could you? I couldn't imagine staying in the station for six months straight without leaving. He was buried under the station for six months, including during the entire blizzard of 1978. So that's just... I can't wrap my head around that. I mean, when I when uh, Dara said it was 140 days, I was like, oh, that's impressive. And then I realized how long 140 days actually is. And I'm just uh, I'm very impressed. And I'm very excited to find out how that documentary turns out. And uh, we'll give you all the information in that story about how you can help out and contribute to that documentary. If you have a recollection of it, and especially if you have any photos or even maybe 